Uh, we've been in a message series titled uh, Bold, um, and uh, it's, it's really been focused on talking about how we can be bold in this life. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, it gives us this, it gives us some direction here. And, and it says this, it says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. And for us, our hope is in Christ Jesus. We thank God for his love in our lives, and we're excited about what he's doing. And that allows us to step into a place where I can be bold. I don't have to be timid about these things or insecure about these things or concerned. I'm going to step out in faith and trust God because God is, because God is good. And so um, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump in the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. God, each and every one of us, we've come here this morning to hear from you. And Father, I just pray, God, that you would bring your word alive. Speak to us, Father. Unveil your truth, Lord. Reveal yourself. May we encounter you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Bless this day. Bless your word. Bless your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. In all the years of your living, come on, somebody. You know what I love about our church? I love that we're also multi-generational. Come on, somebody. I, I, I love that. I love that. That's been a part of our, our heart and our vision to be multi-generational. But in all of your living, our living, all of our years of living, has anyone ever approached you and came at you sideways? Has, 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 has anyone ever come at you and you were like, what did they, did, did that just happen? Did they just talk to me like that? Any of you? Listen, if you have breath this morning, that's probably happened to you before. And you're, and, and you're thinking to yourself, I can't believe they just came out. They don't even know about me. Oh, no, they didn't. You say, Pastor, I'm not prideful. I'm humble. Yeah, until somebody comes at you the wrong way. Man. I remember once I was uh, playing with my kids on the playground. We were going down the slides and just kind of having some fun and just enjoying that, that moment, that season of life. And, you know, my the kid, they were kind of, you know, they were kind of like taking their turn to get down the slide. And here comes this other parent with their child and they put their child right in front of my child on the slide and just, just go down. I'm like, my child like almost bumped my child out the way. And I'm like, oh, no, they didn't. Oh, no, they didn't. You got to, I mean, wait two more seconds, they'll come down, then you can go. <laughs> Maybe we were taking too long. You see, sometimes we don't know how to say what we should say. Sometimes our approach is all off and we get impatient or we're struggling or we're worrying or where's God or what's happening in, this, in our approach is, is all off. You see, this morning we are going to dive into a passage where we see someone approach Jesus the way that we all can. Listen, no matter if you've been walking with God your whole life and you've been in 50 years in the church and you've never missed a Sunday, or this is your very first time in church, or maybe it's been a long time since you've been here. See, there's a way for us to approach God and to connect with Him and, and to draw closer to Him. And so this morning's message, just want to give you a little notice, is, is really a two-part message, so I'm not going to finish it until next week, but uh, I'm, I'm going to give you this first part. And this morning, we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. So you can, again, always follow along on the church app or read it on the screens or um, 
or just listen along here. It says this in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. It says this, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Verse 8, the centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself of a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from east and west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the last verse. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done as you have believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Now here's this incredible moment between Jesus and this centurion man, this, this, this Roman soldier, this guy who feels unworthy and with Jesus, the Son of God. But there's something that I really want to point out in this verse. And before we get into the rest of it, I want you to go back and we're going to look at verses 11 and 12 really quick. I, I, want, I want to show you this. It says, I say to you that many will come from east and west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these are the patriarchs of the, of the Jewish faith. It says in the kingdom of heaven, verse 12, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside, right? The ones who are there, the ones who are grouped, the ones who are associated, they'll be thrown outside into the darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen, sometimes if you just read this verse at face value, you're going to miss that this verse is really talking about, this passage is really talking about how big, how wide, how deep the arms and love of God is. Because those that weren't originally welcomed are welcomed into the kingdom of God. Those who have felt unworthy like this centurion man is welcomed into the kingdom of God. Those, those who are willing to humble themselves before the Lord are welcomed into the kingdom of God. See, this, 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 we begin to see God's love for all of His creation. And He simply says this, and I want you to get the, 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 the bigger picture here. He says, he says simply this, will you choose me? It's a choice for you. Nobody else can make the choice. Nobody else next to you. Your grandmother can't, can't make it for you. But, but, would, but would you choose me for yourself? Nobody can force it on you. It has to be something you want to do. It has to be something that you understand to do. And if, and if you choose me, I'll welcome you into my arms. And there's a place for you. In fact, Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. And, and I have a place just for you, a place where you'll, you'll experience the peace of God, a place where you'll experience all the, 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 the satisfaction that you've always desired. You just, you're constantly looking, but there's a place you'll be satisfied. You've, you've always just wanted peace, and there's a place that you'll receive it. He says, this is available to you. You see, the gospel message is rather simple. There was a barrier between us and God. 
God is holy. God is perfect. And this barrier between us and Him was our sin. Sin is a word used to describe the wrong things we've done and the wrong things we, we, we do. And as those wrong things are in front of us, they don't allow us to have access to God, a permanent access. In, in, in the Old Testament, the people would have to try to get right with God, and then they mess up. Get right with God, and they mess up. Get right with God. And it was this constant battle. And so God's master plan, I'm going to send my son Jesus to go and die on the cross, and He's going to be, he's going to be perfect in all ways. And when he does this, his blood is shed. And that was the payment for, for my sin. And now when I choose him, that barrier is, is broken down. That, that barrier, now I have access to him. I have access to him. You see, in this passage of scripture, this story, we see this Roman centurion. And he has great faith in Jesus now, Romans were not typically believers. They had their own stone figurines and they worshiped them. This, this was Roman law. But Jesus is astonished at this man's faith. He's, he's really impressed. Maybe you've been impressed by somebody's faith before. And you're like, wow, man, they really love the Lord. You, you can see how authentic and genuine they are. You can, you, you, you can see there's something, there's something real there. Jesus sees this man and he sees something different. He sees something in him and he says, man, there's, there's something in him. Jesus is impressed. The Bible doesn't talk too much about Jesus being impressed, but the Bible says that Jesus is impressed here. Why? Because he takes somebody willing to be humble, willing to recognize the power of God, to come to a place where they're going to turn from current culture and the fluid truth of society do you believe what your truth is your truth? My truth is my truth, and that's all kind of truth. It takes somebody humble and to recognize the power of God to be able to turn away from that. Everywhere in society and culture, there's so much. Try this, do this, be a part of this, do whatever makes you. I mean, there's all kinds of things that pull people in all kinds of directions. But God says, listen, this is the truth, and it's available to you. The satisfaction you desire, the peace you want, it's here. It's available to you. And for this, for this Roman guy, for this centurion, his truth were the Roman gods and the military power. But in this moment, his, his, his eyes, his heart, and his mind are unlocked to understanding who God really is, the creator of this life. You see, brothers and sisters, we all have the option to choose him for ourselves you know, this got me thinking a lot about us and the way that we connect with God, the way that we approach God. And again, I said that you could be in church 50 years or, or this is your very first day. But the way that we come to Him, the way that we approach Him is a big deal. You know, say for example, there's somebody you want to talk to and you really got to have an important conversation with them. Maybe you're excited about the conversation or maybe you're kind of dreading the conversation a little bit, but, but you're thinking about it. You're thinking about what you're going to say. You're thinking about how you're going to say it. You're thinking about how they're going to react. And then you have something in your head and you, 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 you want to see it's going to play out this way. And then you, you prepare yourself and you get ready. And, and, and then you, you go and you, you really just swing for the fences and you're hoping for the best, right? You're, you're hoping for the best. You're hoping it's going to work out the way you saw it. And, 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 and maybe it happens just the way you saw it, but a lot of times it doesn't happen the way that we thought it in our head. Like we thought it in our head. It was going to happen a certain way, and then it didn't look like any kind of way like that. Anybody here this morning? 
and and <laughs> amen. As I dove into this passage, I found very important principles for us approaching God, especially when we're trying to communicate to Him in prayer. So maybe today, maybe today you're like, I feel like me and God are close and we're great. Or maybe I don't know if I can connect with Him. Today, I want to share with you on how to approach God. And specifically, we're going to get into the wrong way to approach God this morning, the wrong way, what not to do, what's going to hinder you from making that connection that you like to, would like to make, or you think you'd like to make, or those steps you'd like to take forward. And so the very first thing that I'm going to share with you this morning is number one, the wrong way to approach God is self-glorification, praying to make myself look good, praying to make myself look good. Now, Culture and society will tell you appearance is everything. What you do to make yourself look good is, is, is everything. But not so with Jesus. Not so with Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't look good or you shouldn't look fly or your drip shouldn't be great or anything like that. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not saying that. But trying to make yourself seem right, that doesn't work with God. Trying to make yourself seem like something you're not, that doesn't work with God, right? Real recognizes real. You heard game recognizes game. Real recognizes real. And it says this in verses 11 and 12. We just read them. We're going to look at it again. It says this. I say to you that many will come from east and west and will take their places at the feast with the patriarchs of the faith there in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why does Jesus say this? He's talking about the people that look the part, who played the role, who are associated with that group. They'll be thrown out. Why? Because they're trying to make themselves look good with others. And that's the wrong way to approach God. He's looking for real. He's looking for authentic. He's looking for honesty. He's looking for you to be genuine. He's looking for us to come before him in the right way. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, he says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. See, this was a problem in Jesus' day. Folks were trying to throw out all kinds of things to, to make themselves appear to be right. And that might affect the onlooker, the person who's looking, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, they, they must be close. And God's like, oh, my goodness, this person... Who are they talking to? It couldn't be me. Who, what, 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 what's, going on? what's going on here? God just wants our authenticity. Last week, I, last week I had told you guys a story about, you know, shortly after I had come to faith, uh, 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 my young adult pastor, he invited me over to his house. I'm having dinner with his family. And he looked over me and asked me to pray for the food. And, you know, I, 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 I did it. And I, I, I prayed this prayer. And he wanted to talk to me about it afterwards. But you know, the, the big thing about that is I, I prayed something that was, was a good thing to pray, but my heart wasn't in it. And so I was kind of like, you know, it, it, it just, it just my, 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 I wasn't in it. Kind of like when we're in school and you, you get caught for turning in somebody else's work, right? It's, it's just, you just, it just, you, what you weren't, it wasn't you. 
And God wants us to be authentic. He wants us to be real. He, he gives us outline in his word. He teaches us what it should be look, look like. And then he wants us to, to go and be ourselves, to connect with him. He teaches us how, but he wants us to be authentic. He, he wants real communication from us. No matter if it's the first time or the hundred millionth time. You see, the wrong way to approach God is first trying to make myself look good. Trying, trying to make myself appear to be something that I'm not. And secondly, the wrong way to approach God is asking for the wrong things and really making it all about me. Making it all about me. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord, Lord, would you, would you, would you work in my life, expressing your needs before the Lord? There's nothing wrong with that. Please do that. But when every time you come before, it's always about you, then, then there's something that's missing. You see, this centurion is approaching Jesus and he's asking for help. In verses 5 and 6, we see it and he says this, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Okay, great. Let's look at verse 6. It says this, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. You see, his servant wasn't his family member. His servant was not his child. It wasn't his wife. It wasn't, it wasn't his elderly parents. He's, he's not asking Jesus for help for his own tribe. He's not asking Jesus for help for somebody in his bloodline. He's not asking Jesus help for himself. You see, the Greek word here for my servant is, is the Greek word pious, pious, which means child youth, and it has this masculine form to lead us to think that it was a boy. But specifically, what it is talking about is a slave servant, a slave servant. Now, the ugly truth about slavery is that many people were grossly treated. You see, but this centurion man is running to Jesus on behalf of his servant, not on his own behalf. He's not coming before Jesus and saying, would you, would you do me? Would you take care of me? Would you handle this? He's saying, would you bless somebody else? It's so important that when you approach God, you approach him the right way. God wants to see your heart for others. God wants to see and hear your prayer for somebody else. God wants to see you come out of you and step in and love and care and believe God and fast and ask God for somebody else. See, the wrong way to approach God is to make it all about you and, and, and your needs and your desires and, and, and all of those areas. We make the mistake in approaching Him and, and making it all about ourselves. Make it better for me. This will make me happy. I'll be better if I come up on this. And the Bible says this in James chapter 4, verse 3. It says, when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. You want only what gives you pleasure. I mean, Jesus just tells it to us right there. You want only what gives you pleasure. I mean, I, I listen, I can imagine. He's like, I listen to all these millions and billions of prayer requests and they're always about them getting what they want to get. And he's saying, you don't get it because it's always about you. The motive is off. It's wrong. It's always about your come up. It's always about somebody. It's always about you getting blessed. But if you open your eyes and you look around, you'll see 
What would it look like if we began to make our intentional time with the Lord and praying for somebody else, interceding for them, and asking that God would do that? You see that they're struggling. You see that they're going through it. You see that they're having a tough time. What would it look like if we get on our knees before the Lord and we approach Him, God, would you do it in their life? God, I see their relationship is struggling. God, I see that their, their finances, God, would you give them some help, some provision, some wisdom on navigating? God, would, would you help them? God, I see their situation. God, would you bless them? God, would you come alongside them? God, I hear their, their medical situation. God, would you heal them? What, what, would that, what would that look like? What would that look like? He says, when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. See, this is a huge mistake when we approach God, whether it's the first time or the hundred millionth time. Motives are important. Motives are important. I remember when the Britannica salesmen used to go door to door. Anybody remember that? They, they'd, they'd knock on the door and, 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 and ask questions like, uh, do you want to have the competitive edge on it upon everybody? You know, do you want to have access to information that only the elite have? Well, you can have it for the very low price of 12 payments of, you know. That salesman wasn't interested in our competitive edge or giving us special information. He was interested in making another sale. Right? He's interested in, in his, his motive was, was something else. But motives tell you about the heart. Motives tell you where we're at, what we need to work on. Motives, motives reveal what, what condition we're dealing with. You see, the Bible says this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. It says this, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. So what do you think pleases him? What do you, what, what do you think? Do you think, I mean, you know, you think of a father and their, you know, a parent and their children, and we want to see them get along. We want to see them be considerate of each other. We want to see them love each other. We want to see them be good to each other. We want to see them be good to each other, and we want to see them be good to us. Right? That's, that, that's what we want. And can you imagine him and he's looking and he's, he, you don't get because you, you, you don't ask right. Your motives are all right. It's only about your pleasure. And, and, and then whenever you ask for anything, ask, you know, you, you're going to receive it. You can be confident because it pleases him. And it's us coming before the Lord and saying, God, uh, you know, I, I got to recognize where I'm at, Lord. If I'm going to approach you, approach you the right way, I'm going to ask for something that pleases you. In that, I'm going to be confident about you speaking to us, about you uh, uh, working in my life. Whenever we ask for anything, we ask for something that, that pleases Him. A lot of the time, we, we approach God with stuff that only pleases us. And He's like, ah, uh, again? Every time I hear you, it's, and it's not that I don't hear you. I hear you, but you just keep asking for you. See, the wrong way to approach God is, is first trying to make myself look good. And secondly, it's, it's making it all about me. And thirdly, and the last point that I want to share with you this morning is, is this. The wrong way to approach God is to lack faith and not really believe he can do it. Not really believe he can do it. You see, one of the worst things we can do is pray and not believe is approach God, but not really, not really believe he can do it. 
But let me tell you, this, this happens often. We pray as if we would like God to do it, but we don't really believe He will. We, we pray as if we need God to do it, but we don't really believe that He'll do it. And, and that becomes a big problem because He's, he's simply looking for us to, to, to trust Him. I mean, this, as you look at the whole story of the Bible, it's always been, well, we choose Him. It's always been, well, we trust Him. It's always been, well, well we have faith in Him and he's, he, he, he makes all kinds available access to Him. But would, 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 you choose, would, would you choose me? He sends His Son, Jesus. He, he sets it all up. Would you, would you choose me? In there, you're going to find the peace. The satisfaction you're hoping you keep sending these prayers, you keep trying to come at me with this and that. Listen. Come, come to me through Jesus. Come to me with a humble heart. Care about others. And let me work in your life. I got you. I got you. You're worried you won't have enough of this. You're worried that this will never take place in your life. I got you. I mean, he goes as far as saying, look at, look, look at the birds of the air. Look at the field. Look at the flowers of the field. Look at all these things. Look at, I, I, I got them. Why would I not have you? He says, would you trust me? Would you open your heart? Would you open your mind? Would you, would you trust me? Would you trust me? Maybe you're here this morning and, you know, the truth is you haven't really trusted God. You, you haven't. You, you've been far from him and, you haven't really said, you know what, God, you've been there, but I'm not really sure that, I just haven't been sure about the whole thing. And I haven't really stepped there. And maybe that's where you're at this morning. And I just want to encourage you. God is, God is good. He'll, he'll not only meet your need, but he'll surprise you. I mean, he, he's so good. Like he, he, he thinks about you. He, he, he's, he's like that, always going above and beyond. I mean, it'll happen to your life and you'll feel like, oh my God, you're awesome. Thank you. I mean, that, he's like that. But, but you have to take a foot. You have to put a, a foot, step foot forward. You, you got to try, try. And if you do it genuinely, watch what he'll do. And maybe you've been walking with God for a long time and, and, and you've been... You know, you, you've known him and you've trusted him, but your trust has been a little shaken. You've had a little tough time with that. And you, and you, and you love him and you, you trust him, but it's just kind of, you, you, you just know that you need to, it needs to be, it needs to be at a, another place. You, you, you need to really, really trust him. I just want you to know and whatever's happened, whatever hurt you've endured, whatever situation has happened, however it's unfolded, God loves you. He's never stopped. The Bible reminds us there's nowhere that you can go to be outside of His love. Life hits. Life, life comes with that uppercut. But He's still good. And His heart, His desires to see us through. So would we offer Him the best of who we are? Listen. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:6 that without faith it's impossible to please him. 
and whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. He's faithful. I'm telling you, he's, you, you were like, he, he goes above and beyond. In Matthew 21, 22, it says this, and whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive if you have faith. Faith is everything. Faith is everything. You know what I love about the centurion and the last thing I'm going to share with you is, is this, is that he's, he, he approaches Jesus and he simply, he simply, he says this, you know, G Jesus says, I'll go with you. And Jesus doesn't always say that, but Jesus makes an offer. Uh, okay, you, you, your, your, your servant is sick. You, you want me to go? You want me to go? I'll go. That's the way Jesus responds to him. You need me? I'll be there. Right? And, and I want you to get that. That's Jesus. You need him, he'll be there. Jesus says that. But then what really impresses Jesus is not that he first came to him. It's what he says next in verse 8. He said, the servant replied, Lord, I don't deserve for you to come under my roof. And then it says this, but just say the word. Would you say that with me on three? One, two, three. But just say the word. This is what impresses Jesus. This is that faith at the next level. Just say the word, Jesus. It's, you can come to him and that's great. And Jesus says, if you need me, I'll be there. Let's go. Let's do it. I'll, I'll be there. I'm ready to show up in your life. But what touches the heart of God is the faith. Is your trust. Is just saying, listen, just say the word and I know your word is good enough. If you say it, it'll be. If you say it, it'll come to pass. It'll happen in my... If you just say the word. And Jesus, he's impressed. He steps back. He talks to the people around him. And this morning, every single one of us, whether it's your first day in church or, or you've been 50 years and you've never missed a Sunday, he's looking for you to have the kind of faith that says, just say the word. So my encouragement with you this morning is would you trust him? Would you put your hope and your trust in Jesus?